It's the JT the Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the big hole. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. Raider Nation, hour number two of the JT The Brick Show here on Friday, February 10th, 2023. Tomorrow, we're going to be exactly one year away from the Super Bowl being played in Las Vegas, Nevada, at Allegiant Stadium, at the home of the Raiders for the first time ever. A stadium that the Raiders consider their home is going to be the host of the Super Bowl while they are there at that city. Of course, they have played before at the Coliseum, the Super Bowl, but the Raiders weren't playing there yet. Now the Raiders, their stadium, their home, their house, it will be hosting a Super Bowl. That week is going to be crazy. In Las Vegas, I was hearing that this weekend, 300,000 visitors are expected in the city for the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl ain't even going to play be played here. And that's how many fans are coming out here to be at all the places that are hosting watch parties. Of course, shout out to our friends at Resorts World at the Doghouse Saloon. I recommend you to go out there. It's going to be amazing. Have some Remy Martin or, uh, of course, a Modelo out there while you're watching the game. 300,000 people are expected here this weekend when the Super Bowl is being played in Arizona. I can only imagine how crazy, how nuts it will be here when the Super Bowl is like actually going to be played here. Can you imagine Radio Row? I already got friends asking me if I know how to get a booth for Radio Row to be able to do interviews. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have that kind of pool. I don't. I, I ain't got that kind of power. I'll be happy if I'm allowed inside the venue to do some interviews because that, I'm, I'm excited about that. If I'm doing some work with the Raiders and the Spanish broadcast, I know that we will be able to get some cool content out there. But I'm like, for now, I'm out here in Las Vegas. I'll be watching the game on TV on Sunday and hoping it's a good matchup and that fans get to enjoy it. If you're putting some bets on the game, good luck. Be able to cash some of those tickets out, please, because I remember the first Super Bowl I was out here in Las Vegas for, Bobby, and I went to a sports book, and I just looked at all the props, and I was like, damn, that's a lot of things you can bet. The length of a field goal, the longest field goal of the game, what distance it would be, uh, three straight scores in a game by a team, yes or no. Uh, the Of course, the coin flip. I, I was in awe of all the stuff I could bet on. I was like, you know what? Back then, I do. I wasn't doing any work directly with a sports team. I was doing work with uh, Telemundo, the TV station out here, so I could still bet. I went and I was like, you know what? Put a couple hundred bucks in my account, and I'll do all the betting on my phone because I'd get lost if I'm telling them I want twenty bucks on that, forty bucks on that, sixty bucks on that. It's it's crazy, but that's a Super Bowl. You see, I'm see, I'm more of the old school type. I'm more of the type to sit there and go to the Westgate and get the thirty page sheet that they have with all the props and. 
I had a buddy of mine used to always bet on the coin flip. He always won 50-50 times. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think my favorite one, as far as all the pops go, especially when you get down to the Westgate, they do some great stuff. Uh, they usually will incorporate, like, the basketball game before. Oh, yeah. And, and they'll incorporate, say, Michael Jordan points versus Kansas City Chief points, plus or minus or whatever. This year, by the way, the Golden Knights are playing at noontime at T-Mobile before the Super Bowl. So I'm willing to bet there's going to be a couple of props involved of course, with, with the Golden Knights. Yeah, I was having lunch with Gorilla Rilla with my friend Rachel off the hook who just called me right now and I couldn't answer because I'm on the air. And uh, shout out to Patsy and Mark as well who were there having breakfast brunch, they call it now. I was like, for me, I, if my first meal of the day is breakfast. doesn't matter what time of the day it is. My first meal of the day is food. I eat once a day, so that it's the food time. That's it. That's why you're in great shape, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we I ain't were, no fat bastard. You know me. Exactly. And we were right there near the Westgate, and they were like, hey, we're going to go put some some bets on the line for the game. I'm like, all right, good luck. Have they're, fun. They're probably there. still there going through the prop sheet. Yeah. That and, thing, I'll tell you, when I first got here, it was like 1995, 96, I used to spend a lot of time over by the Hilton Sportsbook because we used to do a lot of remote gigs out of there way back when. And it started out with the prop sheet. It, it went from four pages to eight to 12. And now, God, it's got to be, it's about the size of a small book. It really is. It's huge. Yeah, and that thing that you brought up about the Golden Knights, you can actually go to the game and then just go across the street to any property and go Mm -hmm. have fun and watch the football game. I think that's why they set it up that way. It's smart. Because, I mean, it's a 12 o'clock puck drop, so the the game's over by quarter, 3, 3 o'clock. So by the time they all file out, it's about 10 minutes before kickoff. Boom. And there's a whole lot of pubs around the T-Mobile, by the way. And all around town on the Strip. It's going to be a party. I know Las Vegas knows how to party. And something that's also a party is every boxing card that there's in Las Vegas. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. But when there's boxing in town, it's always entertaining. It's always fun. And somebody that's involved in boxing is Steven Espinosa from Showtime, another person from El Paso, Texas. Another shout out to the 915. He spoke with JT the Brick at Radio Row out there in Phoenix, Arizona, and we have his interview with him right now. On Radio Row to see Steven Espinosa, longtime friend, longtime confidant in sports, president of Showtime Sports, and great to see you, and congratulations on your marriage. Thank you very much, JT. I'm, uh, I'm three months in, and so far so good. I haven't screwed it up. How is it changing your life overall as an executive and travel? What, what, are you, what is about to happen to you that hasn't happened in the past? Well, look, I, I, I'm not sure it changes anything, but I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I, I, and this is probably why I married her, one of the reasons, she grew up as a huge combat sports fan, you know, uh, in a Mexican household, which, of course, boxing mm-hmm. is yeah. is one of those. So I'm not dragging her to any events. You know, in fact, she's sort of saying, hey, you know, even fights I'm not involved in. She said, let's go to this fight. Let's go to that nice. fight. So when, you, when you've got something like that where she's as excited as I am when we're sitting down at a fight, it's a, it's a match made in heaven. A couple of big things I want to talk about because I've interviewed and known all the great promoters. I've been lucky in my life with the access I've had with Don King and Bob Arum and knowing you and Lou DiBella and everybody. And I know there's a lot of cross-pollinization and networks and all this. How hard is it to make fights now compared to 10, 15 years ago when De La Hoya would fight Trinidad and this fight? And now it seems it's a little bit more difficult. Why is that? I'll tell you, the, the, the biggest thing that made it so much more difficult and more uh, more complicated is, and it started probably about four or five years ago, maybe a little bit more. 
um, networks started signing promoters to exclusive deals. Right. Like, you know, and, and it sort of started when streaming stores services started launching and they sort of said, look, we want to guarantee, we don't want to go month to month, you know, and that's why guys like me have a job is because there is no schedule, there is no season. You've got to, you know, go make fights and put them on your schedule month by month. Um, but, you know, streaming service launches, whether it's ESPN Plus or others, they say, look, we need content. So we're going to make an exclusive deal with Top Rank. You know, all the Top Rank banks are on, on ESPN. Mm. Then Golden Boy goes exclusive with another streaming platform. Then, you know, at some point it's sort of musical chairs and sort of everybody grabs you know, a, a promoter or a source of fights. And then, you know, that's great because you have, you know, you have priority access mm -hmm. to your guys. But then, you know, for the Spence Crawford. I was just going there. Yeah. That's what makes it difficult. Now, look, that's a little bit of a different scenario because it's been hard even after he left top rank. Mm -hmm. But the, the most difficult thing is there's a lot of good fights. You know, um, Devin Haney, Shakur mm -hmm. Stevenson, those guys. They're not contractually permitted to fight off of ESPN absent, you know, a big, long negotiation. So that, that's really what changed that makes it more difficult. Steven Espinosa joins us, but that's where you come into play. And you're a guy, you're not a divider. You bring people together. When you, I was just talking to people about Spence Crawford, and I said, what a shame. It's, we're not talking Ali Frazier. I, I mean, I was there for De La Hoya, Chavez, Trinidad. You know, you talk about the pollinization of the sport, and I go, at some point, someone's got to step up. And if it's Al Heyman, if it's you, whoever it is, and say, Dana White does it. Dana lives in Vegas where I do. I know how hard it is because I'm a fan. I just think the fans deserve better, and I think they get great product from you at Showtime. Yeah, you know, sometimes you do have to bang people's heads together. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's one of the things when we did Mayweather Pacquiao, I had the benefit of a, a really you know, huge boxing fan as our CEO at the time, Leslie Moonves. Yeah. And Moonves was somebody who knew Heyman, he knew Aram, um, and he could bang their heads together. You get on the phone and, you know, if I hit a roadblock, yell at Aram and say, come on, be reasonable, Don, like, you know, how much longer are you going to live? You're going to hold up this fight, right. you know. Yeah. Like, those are great conversations, yeah, exactly. by the way, right? And I, I can't have those, right, but right. when you've known Bob Arum 30 years, you can talk to him like that. Right. So that's that's part of my role in these fights. But look, I think more often than not, I think we're getting them right. I think the other big one that I get asked about a mm -hmm. lot, Tank Davis and, yeah. and, and Ryan Garcia. And look, boxing fans love the soap opera. They love every little rumor gets blown up, every... You know, every social media post gets microanalyzed. I think that fight's going to happen. I think that fight is going to happen in Las Vegas. And I personally, I hope it's at Allegiant Stadium. I think it'd be a phenomenal event. This is this generation's, you know, yeah. uh, De La Hoya Mayweather. And twenty. this will be my 25th year with the Raiders coming up. And I live and do pre and post. So I'm at the torch at Allegiant Stadium for all of our broadcasts. And I've said it before. We need a super fight there. We need it packed, and you can only do it in Vegas. With all due respect to Mr. Jones in Dallas and San Antonio and other spots, there's just something about Vegas when you walk into a casino with a suit on. You can go to the window, place a bet, go to a great dinner, and walk into a great fight. Well, there's, there's, there's two things that are on my agenda for the next year. One is Tank Ryan. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know, and I think we're very close, but Good. hopefully we can bring that to Vegas. Now, a year from now, it's a CBS Super Bowl in Las Vegas. You know, we are under the same umbrella. We're owned all under mm -hmm. Paramount. 
I've always been skeptical of a fight the night before the Super Bowl. You know, I think it's too hard to compete with the machine that the NFL is. Great point. But if you were ever going to do a big boxing match, maybe pay-per-view, maybe not, Vegas is the place to do it. Well, look what's going on. Steven Espinosa is our guest. Look at Waste Management. I got my son out here. He's a sophomore at ASU. I'm meeting him afterwards. We're going the next two days. And what's great about this Super Bowl is everybody says, well, where's the parties? No, no, no. Waste Management right. is the party. Right. And if you had a super fight, instead of everybody going, how do I get to the Maxim party? Stop. I'm going to the fight. Right. In Vegas at a casino. I want to spend the last few minutes we have with you on documentaries. We've talked about this and specialty programming. I think you've nailed it over your career and tenureship Thank there. You. Tell me about a few that just wrapped up or what's coming up that you're really excited about. You know, the one that we just launched a couple of weeks ago um, or a week ago, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, who was really Steph Curry before yep. Steph Curry. He was Colin Kaepernick before Colin Kaepernick. Um, but everyone's, uh, everyone's familiar with his anthem protest, you know, at least if you're an NBA fan of a certain age. What people are, aren't as familiar is his battle with Tourette's. You know, yeah. and again, you know, you and I are old enough to remember him as a player. Great uh, player. And a phenomenal player. You know, truly Steph Curry, like that level of skills. Great comparison. And, you know, but to, to, to face the, the obstacles that he did, you know, to, to be, A, converting to Islam, becoming a Muslim at a time where politically it was much more difficult, facing Tourette's when, you know, people, mental health wasn't really a thing that was talked mm -hmm. about. And then in the anthem protest, having right. his house burned down, you know, when, you know, after the controversy, um, and the fact that the guy's not bitter. Yeah. I mean, that's that his he's faith, not bitter. right? Yeah. That's it, his faith. So but I'll tell you, we have one coming up in April that I think is, uh, I, when I found out that this story had not been done, I was shocked. You know, and it is, we're calling it Catching Lightning. It's premiering the first week of April in Showtime. It's about an MMA fighter, Lee Murray, Lightning okay. Lee Murray. Um, hardcore MMA fans know because there's an urban legend, you know, or, or truth, depending on who you, after the UFC's first event in London back in 2007 or 8, you know, maybe, they had a big after party at a bar. Open bar, bunch of UFC fighters. What's, what, what could, could go, go wrong? wrong? Right. <laughs> A, a huge brawl breaks out, spills out in the street. The story goes, Lee Murray knocks Tito Ortiz out cold in the street, lying out cold, you know, on the cobblestone streets of London. So that's only part of the story. Of course, UFC being great marketers, they sign him immediately. You know, he had already fought mm -hmm. Anderson Silva outside the UFC. Long story short, his career doesn't go as planned, so he pivots. Lee decides he's going to rob a bank. He puts together a crew of four or five guys from the gym. They pull off the largest bank robbery of all time, $92 million cash. It sounds like a movie. It, it sounds is a like, movie. What are you talking yeah, yeah. It's Showtime. It's a Showtime movie. And That's it, amazing. And that's debuting when? April 9th on Showtime. It is a, it's an it's a M&A doc and a, and a, and a, and a crime, crime doc all in the same thing. Last one for the president of Showtime, Stephen Espinosa, Showtime Sports. i got to ask you about young kids today. So you see Pat McAfee behind me. You see DraftKings. I'm doing a couple platforms here with the Raiders. You're 20, 21, 22, or you're in high school, and you want to get in front of you. Mm -hmm. You want to get in front of you as a young kid, and you want to work for your company. What do kids need to know about where the platforms are going now, streaming, when you talk to young people, uh, young girls and boys who want to get in your business? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I just ran into Lee Steinberg. My first, yeah. my first oh, one job. One of my good friends. Yeah, one of my first jobs. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. My first 
when it was Lee and Jeff Morad. Right. And I give the I find myself giving the same advice because uh, that that I got from Lee um, back then because it's absolutely true. Um, a lot of people getting into the sports, whether it's sports re- mm-hmm. uh, media or you know or anything else, will gauge it based on how big a fan. Oh, I'm the world's biggest NFL fan. I know everything about the Raiders. I know everything about the boxing. No one cares because at the end of this, it's not about how well do you know statistics. It's how well can you do the job? How well are you prepared? So it's great that you have passion for sports, but if I hired people or if you hired people just based on passion yeah. for sports, your organization so work ethic. Yeah. yeah, it's the work ethic and it's the passion for not the sexy stuff. It's the stuff that isn't any fun. You know, it, it's great to see, you know, Jim Nance on the air and everyone says, oh, you're calling the Super Bowl. You're calling the Masters. What isn't sexy is the work, the week before the weeks before preparation. So, you know, go in there, prove that you're prepared and that you're knowledgeable other than your passion for sports. Let's get our wives together in Vegas. Good to see you. Absolutely. All the best. Man, I felt that one towards the end. It's like it's all about the work you get to do before you actually. That's that's what I always say. Yeah, it's awesome calling Raider games now. Being able to broadcast those games, being able to be inside beautiful Allegiant Stadium, which, by the way, shout out to the PR department for the Raiders and everybody in charge of, like, the booths and everything. I see the Spanish crews for other teams, like the 49ers, the Eagles, other squads that they got their booths, like, in the end zone or very, like, towards the end of the pre- of the press box. The Raiders, they got us. So the first year we were at the stadium, 2021, we were 50-yard line. Bobby, I swear to God, I thought that they had made a mistake because I, I, Spanish broadcast crews never get a 50-yard line booth. Our booth was better than Brent Musburger's booth. And Brent Musburger is Brent Musburger. He's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. And my booth was better than his. I was like, is this the right one? Should I set up my equipment? Should I not set it up? And, well, I set up my equipment, and that was actually the booth that we were supposed to be in. So I was like, thank you, Raiders. You guys didn't have to do that, but thanks. It's like when they make a mistake on your income taxes. If it's in your favor, don't say nothing. Exactly. Stay quiet. This year, we got scooted over a couple of booths. Now we're next to the Raiders coaching staff, and it's still like a 40-yard line booth. It's not bad at all. It's a great booth, so shout out to the Raiders for that. But yeah, the work, the game is the fun part. The game is what you prepare for. It's what you are there for, but it's the whole week prior to that. Like, just getting my flip card ready... I know I do it differently than other people, but I'm like, I got stats on stats on stats on stats, and guess what? They don't – I love that, Bobby. I always do that. When I guess – when I say guess what, Bobby always says what? Uh, When I do all that – all that research isn't done by itself. I got to get it done. I got to get the work done. I got to prepare for that game. And I know of people who had the bad habit of not getting prepared for a game. And I've heard broadcasts where I'm like, yep. That person isn't ready. That person isn't telling me more than what's just going on on the field. The backstories, the stats, what they've done during the season, that they're literally just walking up to a booth, getting a headset on, and talking. So shout out to Steven Espinosa. That was a great quote. And that was a great question by JT as well, talking about uh, about what he would tell the future, the youth, the people that want to work in sports and that want to be the next 
boxing promoter or the next social media person with a franchise or the next play-by-play announcer for an NFL squad. So do the work. Get yourself prepared to have very little sleep time during football season. That's that's me right now. If it's Raider season, I don't sleep much. If it's Raiders off season, fortunately, I can get a little bit more sleep. But it's all about putting in the work, about being consistent, about always doing the extra and not just being uh, happy with what you're doing and being like, okay, this is enough. No, do more and more, people. That was a great interview with Steven Espinosa. They spoke about boxing because, of course, Showtime Sports is involved with a lot of boxing. And me in the past, when I was in Mexico, boxing was a passion of mine. I used to enjoy watch boxing every single Saturday, and it didn't matter how big or small the card was. I was watch- I would watch it. I moved to Vegas, and the first two years that I was here, I was following boxing a lot. But now the politics, they've just gotten involved too much, and you don't get those big matchups that you would want. You don't get the best against the best. You just get the champion against a challenger because at times it's not even a great challenger, and there are fights that don't happen. And that's what they were talking about. I mean, you would love to see Ryan Garcia go against bigger and better competition, and we hope he ends up getting one. But in my opinion, they were talking about JT and Steven. We're talking about uh, Allegiant Stadium hosting a big card a week before the Super Bowl or two weeks before the Super Bowl or a big card happening in Vegas the week of the Super Bowl. I'm like, the way things are happening right now, I would bet money on the UFC making that happen in Las Vegas the week of the Super Bowl at T-Mobile Arena instead of boxing. Could you imagine a Conor McGregor fight in Vegas a night before the Super Bowl? But here in Vegas with the Super Bowl being happened, happening 24 hours before at Allegiant Stadium, I mean, after, sorry, at Allegiant Stadium, that would be nuts. Heck, tomorrow... Islam Makachev, he's going to be fight facing uh, Volkanovski. That's two pound-for-pound pound fighters, some of the best in the world, facing each other the night before the Super Bowl. It's not happening here. Next year, I would bet money on the UFC having a pay-per-view the night before the Super Bowl at T-Mobile Arena instead of boxing, getting their act together, and having a champion versus champion match. I can see that, but I don't know about T-Mobile. You might have to stick them over at Mandalay or the MGM. This town's going to be real busy. Real busy. I I would bet money on T-Mobile. Well, UFC, that's their home. T-Mobile Arena. Yeah, but I mean, you know, with the Super Bowl in town, I mean, you know, you're going to have, I mean, the, the reformed, the, the Stones will play. I mean, you're going to have all kinds of, you're going to have Ariana Grande playing. You're going to have just the Bruno Mars. This place is going to be nuts. Take my word for it. I don't know. Oh, I no, for I sure. I don't know if T-Mobile will be open like that. If there is, and of one, course you got to check with the Golden Knights schedule. They could be in town playing. So if there's a company that can make stuff move around in town for T-Mobile Arena, it's the UFC. Of course, Golden Knights, their primary tenant, and they have first dibs. But UFC is right behind them. You walk in there at T-Mobile Arena and you see UFC stuff because they are part of the of that building. Can you tell this guy's like a mixed martial art kind of guy? Can you tell? Right. Just a yeah. little bit, huh? <laughs> right, Bobby. Nah, man. You, if, so if you're not a big UFC guy, I'll show you the highlights of tomorrow's fight because it's going to be a big one. 
It's going to be a great fight. I've been waiting for that one since they announced it, since they got in the ring, once Volk won, once, once Makachev won the title. Volkanovsky went in, they did the face-off, and it's going to be definitely a big fight. Tomorrow, the big game. You know what you should get for the big game? A pizza. And Grimaldi's is hands down my favorite pizza in Las Vegas. Only at Grimaldi's Pizzeria can you get famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza that you crave. Grimaldi's has four locations in the Vegas Valley. Boca Park, the Palazzo, South Rainbow, and in Green Valley. For more, visit Grimaldi'sPizzeria.com. It doesn't matter which part of town you are at. They have a location near you. Grimaldi'sPizzeria.com. Get yourself your pizza now because I'm pretty sure if you try to get it right on Sunday, they're going to be sold out. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation. We'll be right back with Alvaro Martin from the NFL Ritmo, from the Spanish Raider broadcast from the Steelers, an NFL announcer for over 30 years. He'll be with us here on the JT The Brick Show. To the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Hurts again under center. He sneaks, he pushes, and he is in. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. I'm going to say this. The Eagles are 15 minutes and 43 seconds away from the Super Bowl. It's yeah. about to be 28-7, and the 49ers have nobody who can throw a football. Now, the difference on Sunday is that the Kansas City Chiefs do have somebody that can throw the football. Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be the guy taking control of the Kansas City Chiefs offense against the Philadelphia Eagles, who are trying to win another Super Bowl after they were crowned in Super Bowl 52. Harry Ruiz here with you on the JT The Brick Show. It's an honor of mine to bring on the air a man that I grew up listening to while he was calling NFL games on ESPN Deportes. I actually met him this past week out here in Las Vegas, and he, he was very complimentary of me, and I didn't know how to take it because I was like, dude, I used to listen to you every Sunday, every Monday. I'm like, I grew up wanting to be like Alvaro Martin calling NFL games, and now my dream has come true, and now I'm able to call this man a friend. Alvaro Martin, how are you? Good afternoon. Thank you very much, Harry. I have to say a couple of things. First of all, clearly my announcing has done some brain damage to you. That's why you <laughs> speak so highly of me. But I'm also, I, just, I also want to point out how rare it is and how wonderful it is to hear Harry in two different languages with full command of the subject matter and the language. That is so rare. And that is what gets me so excited about people like Harry. It, you, know, you don't see that too often. At really full, complete command of both languages and subject, I should add. And so it's just a pleasure for me to be here. I try my best. So you might be shocked about this. Uh, I didn't start doing radio in English by myself until like a year ago. And JT the Brick, he's the main reason why I am because he trusted me to do his show. And I was nervous like crazy the, the first day that I came into the studio. But with the help of Bobby Machado, our producer, with JT the Brick, who is off today, it's been uh, it, it's been incredible. Alvaro, I got to well, ask you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just it speaks very highly of JT. I mean, really recognizing talent and giving it a chance. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Exactly. So you have been the voice for 
NFL football, for NBA basketball, in Espanol, ESPN Deportes, NBA League Pass. You've been through it all. You've been with the Pittsburgh Steelers now as well, doing their Spanish play-by-play with uh, Arturo Carlos. Now you're over at the Super Bowl. You, you switch your hats real quick. You went from doing Ritmo NFL out here in Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl, and now you're out there in the Super Bowl. How many Super Bowls has it been now for you? You know, I've lost count. It's over 30. My first one was Super Bowl 27 in Pasadena. I remember Diana Ross practicing her, her old helicopter drop. Michael Jackson wearing the, uh, the wife beater shirt outside the stadium. Um, it was a much more informal time pre-9-11. So there was a lot more access to, to locations. Uh, it was my first uh, Super Bowl and really my first broadcast on site and on camera. And I got to tell you a story. I'm working with Benny Ricardo, who's from Southern California. He's Paraguayan, and he was my broadcast partner for that Super Bowl in Spanish. And our, our booth was separated by a by short plexiglass uh, sort of divider. But it didn't really encompass the entire wall. It was just kind of part divider. So next to us were the Portuguese speakers for Brazil. And Benny is so pumped up. This is at the start of the Super Bowl that he's absolutely yelling. Top of his lungs. He's so pumped. His adrenaline is just fired up. And then the producer... And our ears start saying, Benny, Benny, you're bleeding. Now in television, that means that your voice is entering into the Portuguese booth. You're so loud that you're being picked up by the other mic. I didn't know that TV term. I'm looking him over and saying, where's where's the wound? (laughs) And am I going to do the Super Bowl by myself? I mean, I was so nervous. Is this guy going to die on me now? Got three more hours to go here. Like the game's about to start. Come on. That was my my welcome to the uh, Super Bowl moment. There you go. So this Super Bowl, this Sunday, Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reid versus Coach Sirianni. What do you, what have you seen? What have you evaluated from these two squads where right now at the moment Philadelphia is favored in the casinos by merely a point and a half? Yeah, point and a half. It's, it's I think, the third Super Bowl under three points since 2002, and the other two didn't turn out to be kind of blowouts, interestingly enough. But here's, let me give you, let me encapsulate the challenge here and, and, the, and the sort of one of the, the keys um, in, in a simple way. If I told you which offensive line pass blocks best, say the BFF rating, which examines every single play, and I told you what percentage of all plays are they graded as, you know, pass blocking success? If you told me Philly was above Kansas City, I would tell you no. The best team in football pass blocking, the best line is Kansas City's. And Philadelphia's is 12th. And you go like, wait a minute. Wow. And, and the reason why is Patrick Mahomes. He makes them look great. He makes them look like they succeeded, like they didn't, didn't get to him. Yeah, Meanwhile, the way he, he takes all the movements to the side and he's able to get those side passes and almost uh, no-look passes and next thing missing with him, it's incredible what Mahomes has done. I mean, Absolutely. Every, time I see, every time I see him walk around, I, I check to see if he's got a tail because I think he's a cat. <laughs> he's a feline. I mean, he has those instincts of, of just knowing when and where to kind of slide sideways because that's, that's about all the space you have. I mean, he's, he's chucked passes overhead with his one hand, you know, with his back to the end zone. I mean, he's done all sorts of stuff. I think he, he takes what Brett Favre did and just takes it a whole different level of improvisation. So that's why, and that summarizes your question. If you look at, on paper, Philadelphia's a deeper and more talented team 
clearly with the exception of the most important position in football, which is quarterback. But Kansas City's got Mahomes. And the question is, will that be enough? Is, is this front that good that it, it's not going to matter that much, particularly if that right ankle begins to you know, get stepped upon and hobble and, and whatnot? Because let me put it this way. I don't think Chad Henney, with that offensive line, is going to have an easy time beating Philadelphia. That will, be, that will be tough. Now, let me say, let me flip it over to the other side. Let me ask you a question. If Philly runs an RPO, which is that run-pass option play, which they do a lot, yeah. okay, the quarterback can keep it. He can just let the runner keep it and keep running because they mesh together, or he can pull it out and throw a pass. If you are Kansas City, of all those three outcomes, what's the one you want to foster and incentivize? You want Jalen Hurst to keep that ball and run. Because you're going to be able to hit him. He's got that bum right shoulder. And so those are the kind of interesting things, games within the game, that will be very interesting to see uh, what happens. Yesterday, Andy Reid told us that he's going to be conservative at the start of the game. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, sure. You're going to tell us the secrets. Yeah, but I'm saying he actually said that. Yes, he said that, wow. that this game calls for him to be more conservative at the outset. I'm sitting going, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to run? You're going to have carries? You can actually carry the ball? Andy Reid, one of your teams, is going to carry the ball? Against that front, too, by the way. Philly's pretty good at it. Whew. So I just thought that's interesting, and that tells you that that coach is really concerned about one of the traits of, of his team, which is they give up the ball. They have the six most turn. Uh, uh, giveaways in football this year and he's concerned and they, he's thinking if we do that against many teams in the NFL we win if we do it against Philly we lose so well, is, is his assessment of Philly and his own team such that it's going to change his play call at the beginning of the game because he feels that hey we just cannot get into a 10-0 hole by turning the ball over twice this team's going to grab that ball and score us is that his assessment is that was that just a ruse He's throwing us off the scent. I don't know. But I think it's very interesting to see that. And so you may see a situation, Harry, where at the beginning of the game, you may see both teams so interested in scoring on the first offensive series. As a matter of fact, I expect that the, the winner of the coin toss to defer, particularly if it's Philly. But I would not be surprised if they keep the ball. Both teams, both coaches. I would not be surprised that they feel so strongly that taking an early lead and maybe building on that lead early may decide the Super Bowl in the first half. How ironic would that be, right? Because now in the NFL, everybody does that. They defer. They want to get the ball once the second half starts, but this is going to be so important early. They want that two two by one, right? The the last possession of the first half and then knowing you're going to kick off and, and own it in the second half. That's the conventional thinking right now in modern, in the contemporary NFL I wonder, I'm saying this, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow, whoever wins the coin toss, particularly Kansas City, if they feel like, no, 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 we, we got to score on these guys. We got to score on the opponent. We got we to gotta stay on top of this. We, we're down by 10. This game's going to be over. Whether it's Philly leading or Kansas City leading, this game's going to be, for all practical purposes, over. And so you may see these two coaches challenge something early if it means something to them. If it's significant, they may just throw that flag early where most coaches will say, you know what, I can live with that, even if they score on me. So it's going to be interesting to see the level of anxiety about the other team that both coaches show in their decision-making 
in the first half on Sunday. Absolutely. We're talking with Alvaro Martin, legendary Spanish play-by-play announcer for both NFL football and NBA basketball here on the JT The Brick Show. Alvaro, you look over at Kansas City and they have that weapon named Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey is a guy that teams plan for and somehow every single game he ends up with a hundred plus yards and it seems like multiple touchdowns every game or at least when he plays the Raiders I know he can end up with that up to four touchdowns like it happened back in October what can the Eagles do to limit him is it as easy as saying get to Patrick Mahomes and sack him like you did 70 times in the season with all the other quarterbacks they faced no I think they just need to tackle he's going to get eight 10 12 14 catches that's a given. You're not going to stop them that way. The separation will be there. The opportunities will be there. Best thing you can do is limit him. Uh, um, perhaps maybe turn him into a, a, a bit of a blocker, more than usual blocker on the line uh, when he's in line. And that's all you can do. You know, I, I think back to Troy Polamalu talking to Ryan Clark and explaining to him that when they they met a certain opponent, he would look at the tight end's knuckles when he put it on the ground, and if the knuckles turned white, uh, it meant pass play. And when the knuckles stayed red, it meant a run play. Mm. I mean, I think that's Travis, Travis Kelsey. People, see, you know, he's a goofball. He's athletic. So you think that those are the two reasons, you know, he's just a happy-go-lucky guy who's very athletic and gifted. That guy studies video. So he knows which leg you used to break, whether you stutter in the first two steps before you gain speed, he will actually study your patterns to death. And he knows exactly if this kid lines up against me, I'm doing this. If that guy lines up against me, I'm going to be doing that. And normally he's doing that with Patrick Mahomes right next to him. Hours and hours and hours of that sort of fine study. And that's what makes him so good. It's, he's not facing the defense. He knows exactly which side of the bed that safety gets out of bed every morning from. He knows everything about the guy and all of his weaknesses and all that you can do. Or if he does this to me, then this is available. And he and Mahomes are on the same absolute page. You know, they actually got together in Texas before the season started. And it was like basically the passing academy, the Chiefs passing academy. But there were no coaches. The two coaches literally were Mahomes and Kelsey. And there were receivers from other teams there who just heard about it and wanted to join in and wanted to catch passes from Mahomes. And they were saying that they're such nuts that the session, you know, two hours would be done and Mahomes had to take a rest. He can't just throw every ball. But Kelsey would stay with other younger quarterbacks just to teach routes and to teach understanding and to teach leverage and to teach everything. So he, I, I think people sell Kelsey short. I think he's like obsessed with football. I think he knows football. Remember, he was a quarterback before he became a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I think makes him special. He will catch his balls. I have no doubt. You may depress the number, reduce the number of catches to eight, maybe. But he's going to make his catches. The question is how many more yards? How deep can he go? How much damage can he, can he cause? Now, here's the problem for Philadelphia. It's in the red zone. It's in the goal to go. I don't think you can stop that guy. I really don't. I really, really don't. And so, I mean, how do you stop him then? I mean, that, that's really the payoff here, the, the touchdown. 
it's going to be very, very hard to do that. Um, and I think what, what Kansas City will do, they will flood their top you know, weapons on, on the ground. They'll, they'll, they, they will be empty pocket, you know, empty pocket, five guys on the line, and then go get them. Let's play pitch and catch. And that's the difficulty of facing Kansas City when you get down to the red zone. It's like choose your poison, really, and, and pray because you can't stop them. You cannot stop them at that point. It's whether they can execute a pass within the end zone. It's going to be interesting. Well, you've seen Kansas City twice a year. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough to play against them. And you got to have a great defense that puts pressure up front. And there was no better defense at that in the NFL than the Philadelphia Eagles, who had Hassan Reddick, Jason Hargrave, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham have double-digit sacks, Fletcher Cox, who's a beast up center at the defensive tackle position. How the heck did this team go from having last year a grand total of 29 sacks to 70 this year because both years Jonathan Gannon was at at the helm with as a defense coordinator very very simple two things when you have 20 point leads in the first half the other team will do nothing but pass more opportunities you don't have to worry about the run run. that's exactly what happened to the Philly I'd be surprised if you make that analysis and you break down those 70s I'd be surprised if more than 60 70 percent of the sacks were not in the second half I'll bet you they were in the second half when they were, they were in the lead, and you make things very, very simple. Hassan Reddick is a, is a poster boy of this. Hassan Reddick never had a 16-sack season before. He had some good ones, but nothing like it. Why is he so successful in Philly? Because he doesn't have to worry about the run. He just stands there and goes. doesn't have to think about it. Because you know, you know, Pittsburgh played Philly, and they were down 20 in the first half. It was over. Over. So at that point, it's like, how do we protect our quarterback? To give us a chance. That's Philly. Now, one thing that you, you mentioned between last year and this year is that when, when players like, like Ndamukong Su, okay, man, I, 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 I want to go back, I want to play, but I want to play the whole season, and I sure want to win a ring. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Hello, welcome to Philly. And so now you've got Robert Quinn, Robert Quinn, yep. a starter, in a Chicago beast. Pro Bowler, defensive rookie of the year, who now basically says, hey, um, you know, I got a foot ailment. I may not be able to play. Robert Quinn may not play or play much in this game. It's crazy. So imagine you're up by 20. You know the other team's not going to run on you. It's all going to be pass, pass, pass. And then when anybody gets tired, you get a stud off the bench to replace them. That's Philadelphia. Welcome to the Eagle Town. Exactly. Alvaro, where can people follow you on social media? Of course, your personal accounts and with Ritmo. Well, lucky for me, Twitter translates everything into every language you'd like. So if you want to go to my personal account, it's at Alvaro. That's A-L-V as in Victor, A-R-O. Alvaro NFL Martin. And then Ritmo NFL, R-I-T-M-O NFL. But if you follow Harry... You should be able to follow me because he and I, you know, tag each other a lot on, on social media. now. Yeah, Alvaro, he's a legend. He's an icon. He's someone that I want to be where he is someday in my career. So I hope to keep growing. Alvaro, thank you so much for joining me here today, man. Harry, I expect you to go much further and keep it up. I appreciate it. And please thank JT for the invite as well.
Absolutely. Alvaro Martin, follow his coverage. The NFL, the Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. And get yourself some botanist gin because it's hands down my favorite gin and it's the number one fastest growing brand. It's as simple as a gin and tonic with the botanist gin and fever tree tonic or a brunch cocktail called Georgia Peach with the botanist peach snaps, and fresh orange juice. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gym for the biggest game this Sunday. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation, and we'll wrap it all up after it. To the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want to get franchise tags. I mean, I feel like nobody really do. Um, but to me, I wouldn't mind it if, you know, they got the right guys in the building around us. You know, like they got to, you know, put some guys on defense, figured out the quarterback situation, got, got some guys up front. Then I would be like, okay, I, wouldn't, I really wouldn't mind coming back, you know, on a, on a franchise tag. But if you want me to come back and be the hero, you have to pay me like a hero. You want that yeah. franchise tag to turn into a long-term deal? You don't oh, want yeah. to do one more year, right? Oh, yeah. Nah, nah, man. I mean, I want to be a Raider for life. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, honestly, man, I, I don't want to play this game too long. I want to re- I want to retire when I'm 30, you know. And still healthy. Still and- healthy and, and go about my, you know, being able to play with my kids and things like that. So, so there's Josh Jacobs with Pro Football Talk. And what I understood from there from J.J. is – pretty much like hey if you want me to be the guy the only one here i don't want to play on no franchise tag pay me as such pay me to be the hero but if you get the right pieces around him if you get him the supporting cast that helps this raiders team be a candidate to be in the playoffs to make some noise to be playing on february 11 2024 in super bowl 58 out here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, then he's cool with be having that franchise tag. At the end of the day, I think my personal opinion is franchise tag and then get a contract. Remember fans, Hall of Famer and Raiders icon Charles Woodson built his legend on the gridiron. Now he's taking the same dedication to his new craft spirit line, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. It's finished in the same wine barrels that Charles makes his wine, which gives it a spicy caramel finish. Available now at more than 70 Las Vegas grocery and fine liquor stores. If it wasn't your game day whiskey already, it is now. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Get yourself some for the game this Sunday. Thanks to Hannah Basham. Thank you to Alvaro Martin for joining me today. Today here at the show, of course, thank you to Bobby, our producer behind the controls, and the JT for trusting me to be here for him today. Next, Unnecessary Roughness with Q, all the way live from Arizona.